Hello, and welcome to the reading room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade on Twitter, and a special guest, Mr. Lemonade. I was not prepared for this. Today, we will be reading A Different Perspective by House of Pixels, Chapter 20, Masked Intentions. This fic is rated explicit. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. Oh, what about it? I think I found them, Katsuki. Chaco stared down the four villains that entered the room, the air heavy with anticipation as both sides eyed the other. Chaco hesitated, not sure if she should make the first move or wait for them to attack. She sank into a protective stance, deciding that the best thing to do would be to stall for as long as she could until backup could arrive. Then, with her colleagues at her side, they could capture them all and wash their hands of this mess. Hopefully. Seeing Otako's stance, the villains seemed to be trying to decide what to do. They were all taking glances out of the corner of their eyes toward the tall man in the mask, which Otako took to mean he was their leader in some fashion. Good. If she could keep him occupied, they wouldn't have a chance to get organized enough to leave. Chaco let her focus settle on the strange masked man, ready for a drawn-out battle. You fucking better not be saying what I think you're saying. Kotsky's mood was floundering all over the place, being held together by the focus and attention that only a fight could bring him. He was nervous for her, but contradictorily excited for the chance to beat the living crap out of these pieces of shit. Or so his unconscious monologue told her. Otako grimaced as his mood hit her, adding to her already jittery emotions. She followed the line of his thoughts, coming to the conclusion that he was dreading the possibility that they had cornered her, fighting with himself to remember she could handle it and not be reactively protective. The result was a strange sort of, she's such a badass and I am so worried about her, impression leaking across the bond. It made Otako's mouth twitch with a smile before the severity of the situation hit her. She was alone in a room with four villains. Well, five if you counted Shino, which Achako didn't. Yeah, I am. There he- Katsuki's mood fumed, anger and fear rolling across their link as he frantically thought through scenarios. Achako pushed herself further from him. She needed to focus on what was happening around her, not what was happening within the bond. She felt Katsuki's mind grumble out of protest, though he didn't think anything directly about it to her. Ajako watched as the man in the mask tilted his head slightly in a clear show of curiosity, as if he was somehow privy to the fact that she was having an internal conversation with Bakugo, which he probably was, given her apparent lack of ability to prevent the Bond conversations from flashing across her face. Again, the first moment that they have time she had to remember to ask Azawa for help with that. Fuck, I just fucking hold him off till I can get there. Chaco had to resist the urge to snort and roll her eyes at the comment. Obviously, she was going to hold them off. It certainly was a better option than just bowing her head for decapitation. She chose to not respond to her furious link partner stating the obvious, knowing that he was just being the control freak he was. She could do this. Totally. Four on one? Bring it on. Didn't matter that even Deku couldn't take them out, right? When I heard the rumors about the effect of Hito's quirk on you two, I wasn't sure if I should believe it or not. The man mumbled, words rolling off his tongue in a way that made Achako think he'd had some sort of accent or speech impediment at some point in his life that he hadn't quite gotten rid of. She couldn't quite place it, though, so she filed the observation away for a later time. Clearly, they were correct. How very interesting, the man continued. 
Jocko caught his gaze through the eye holes in his mask, startled to see the shock of his icy blue irises shimmering intelligently. Jocko just narrowed her eyes in response, thinking rapidly. How was she going to get out of this one? How could she effectively stall them before the teleporter just zipped them away? They had the exit blocked, but it was probable they were not there for anything other than to grab Shino. They likely weren't spoiling for a fight, though she didn't doubt they would take her out now that they had the opportunity. She also couldn't just let them go. Rather stoic, aren't you? The masked man questioned. Or are you just too busy talking to Ground Zero to respond? He sounded genuinely curious to hear the answer, and the three villains behind him were giving him strange looks, as if they were not expecting his curiosity. She vaguely registered Shino's scandalized gasp from behind her. Chaco didn't have time to answer because at that second, a loud, repetitive banging sounded from the room behind the double mirror, as if someone was knocking repeatedly on the metal door that connected the viewing room to the rest of the police station. Chaco surmised that the officers had been notified of the situation, likely by Kotsky, and were attempting to barge into the room. It had to be the officers. Kotsky wouldn't have been stopped by a simple door. She guessed the villains had blocked the door in some way, given that the doors in the interrogation room were locked from the outside. The group of villains turned to look over their shoulders instinctively at the sound, and Ichako took the opportunity to launch herself at the masked man, fingers splayed. If she could just land a hit, they would be incapacitated long enough for either the officers or Bakugo to get there to help her. She just had to get the four of them into zero-G. The masked villain ducked her outstretched hand at the last second, swinging a leg out to try and trip Ichako. Years of combat experience kicked in at that moment, and Ichako pushed off the ground, activating her quirk to avoid the sweeping kick meant to cause her to collapse. She floated up with the momentum for a split second before the other three villains seemed to realize what was going on and the teleporter disappeared with a sneer. Ichako released her quirk, trying to land on the masked man's still outstretched leg below her, ideally at an angle that would dislocate his knee. Instead, he just dropped further, rolling further into the room towards where Shino was chained to the table, and Achako landed between him and the other two villains. Achako kept her senses open, waiting for the teleporter to reappear, noting that the mysterious masked woman was still standing calmly in the doorway. Her strange calmness caused Achako to second-guess her assumption that the masked man was the one in charge. Kaniyami's eyes flicked around erratically, unsure of what to do, looking back and forth between the masked woman and Nachako. The woman shook her head subtly before nodding towards where Shino was staring open-mouthed at the sudden change, seemingly at a loss for words. Kaneyami lunged forward towards the quirk suppressor, and Nachako reflexively reached out, somehow managing to land all five fingers on the psychotic mind-linker's standard-issue prison jumpsuit. She grinned as she activated her quirk and launched the bone-thin man towards the ceiling. One down, or rather up. You little bitch, Kaneyami screeched, flailing helplessly in zero gravity. Ajako didn't stop moving, bringing her fists up to guard her face against the punch the man in the suit flung at her as the teleporter lady reappeared behind him and next to where Shino was tugging at his restraints. Ajako's stomach fell when she saw that the teleporter had appeared with none other than the magma user, who was glaring at her, his face reddening with anger. Great, just what she needed, a sixth villain to fight off. They got the magma user. Achako quickly sent the thought to Kotsky, trying to impart only the most essential information. She also sent him her steady battle focus in an effort to show she was handling it. Her mood would communicate her status better than words would anyway. 
She didn't get a millisecond to read Katsuki's reaction because the magma user, user started to leak molten rock from his right nostril. Jeez, oh, why not add molten rock to this already chaotic battle? Jocko lurched to the side just before a targeted jet was flung at her. It splashed past her and narrowly missed the man in the white suit, who glared furiously at the magma villain before springing at Jocko. What the fuck? Are they all in there with you? Chaco jumped to the left, activating her quirk and bouncing off the room's left wall, tucking and flipping forward as she went, dropping her quirk and extending her leg at the last second. Her cheap, super cheap civilian tennis shoe flew off her foot as, as she landed the solid kick on the masked man's head, sending him sprawling to the floor with her transferred momentum. Chaco landed gracefully and spared a glance behind her, looking for the strange woman, who was still just standing calmly, watching the fight as if she had all the time in the world sent a chill down Achako's spine, doubt and suspicion standing all her hair on. Yeah, where are you? I don't know how long I can hold them off. The officers need help blasting the door open. As that thought flew across the bond, an explosion blasted in the adjacent room, which shook the walls with its intensity. Some sort of projectile shattered the two-way mirror, allowing Achako a glimpse into the chaos in the small viewing room. Katsuki had foregone blasting the door open, which Achako could now see the villains had wedged shut with a chair, instead opting to blast through the wall directly next to the door. The two-foot-thick concrete wall now had a sizable hole with its gnarled edges smoking slightly. Time's up, fuckers! Katsuki shouted as he jumped through the hole he had created, glaring around the set of rooms to get a sense of the status of the fight, his eyes locating her and giving her a quick once-over before darting around the rest of the room. Ajako felt his brain working lightning quick as he took in the scene, making decisions and analyzing the best course Achako's eyes widened as the thought flew at her at the same moment his intended course of action solidified in his mind. She dropped to the ground, pressing the front of her body to the cold concrete floor and covering her head with her hands as Katsuki loosed an explosion through the shattered mirror, over her head, aimed at where the magma user was readying to spray another jet of magma their way. Kana! Achako startled as the high-pitched voice shouted across the room, filled with authority. She found the source to be the masked woman and followed her gaze just in time to see the teleporter touch Shino and disappear seconds before Katsuki's blast could reach them. His now empty handcuffs clattered to the table. They're teleporting away. We have to get them pinned in fast. No shit, Cheeks. Katsuki replied as he vaulted through the blown-out two-way mirror into the cell, moving towards where the masked man was attempting to recover and stand, holding one hand over the left side of his face where the mask had broken from Achako's kick. Achako activated her quirk on herself from where she was still flattened on the ground from Katsuki's blast, pushing against the ground with her legs to kick them over her head in a weird zero-gravity backhand spring, until she was standing face-to-face, -face, uh, face-to-mask, with the short, masked woman. The woman met Achako's gaze coolly, quirking a smirk challengingly. You're the real leader, aren't you? Achako said to her, following her gut, sinking into a defensive pose. The woman's grin widened and returned the gesture. Ajako hesitated, still unsure what quirk the two masked members possessed. She hated being in the dark about her enemy's abilities. You're a clever one, the woman commented lightly. Tension held the air in Ajako's lungs as she waited for the villain to make a move. Behind her, she heard the distinct sound of Katsuki in close combat, presumably against the lava villain. Ajako kept tabs on the sound of the fight, never breaking eye contact with the woman, waiting for her to determine how Achako would proceed. 
To her shock, the thin teleporter appeared suddenly behind the woman, the frail-looking woman's eyes widening briefly at Achako's presence so close to the masked woman. Achako lurched forward, desperately reaching to make contact, but the teleporter, Kana, the masked woman had called her, was faster. Both women disappeared, and Achako stumbled a few steps forward into the space they had previously occupied. Shit! She screamed reflexively, though whether the thought was sourced from her own thoughts or Bakugo's, she wasn't sure, seeing as he was currently attempting to outblast the magma user without taking the whole building down. He was equally as frantic and frustrated as she was. They were losing this battle. Badly. Again. She was getting really sick of this pattern with this villain group. Apparently, at some point in the last 30 seconds before she appeared behind the masked woman, the teleporter had managed to also get the masked man out of the room, leaving only Hito and Magman. Bakugo was dipping and rolling around targeted jets of magma, attempting to send precise AP shots to take the prisoner out, though was having a difficult time aiming and avoiding the streams of thousand-degree rock at the same time. Meanwhile, Kaneyami was bouncing off at the ceiling, looking greener and greener in the face by the minute. Chaco jumped into the fray, literally, as she activated her quirk and jumped over a variant stream of lava towards the villain, who was entirely focused on Katsuki. Perfect. She did her best work when people forgot she was a threat. Floating quickly over with her momentum from the jump, Chaco flung herself behind the magma-spewing villain, only catching his attention when it was already too late. His head whipped around, lava leaking from his eye sockets like some sort of viscous glowing tears as Achako smacked a palm to his shoulder and activated her quirk with a smirk. Catch! she called to Kotsky, and she shoved the now weightless villain at Kotsky, who grabbed the villain by the throat and forcibly dragged his face directly into his metal-capped knee. Achako flinched as the sickening sound of the villain's facial bones shattering ricocheted across the room. She flexed her hand reflexively at the pain from burns Kotsky has received from the action of grasping the villain where two twin rivulets of lava had been flowing. Fuck! Kotsky exclaimed, shaking the residual magma from his palm before looking up to meet her gaze. Get them tied down! Before he could finish his statement, the teleporter appeared again next to Hito, grasping his arms and dragging him down towards the floor as she started to fall from where she had appeared in the air. Achaka reacted and lunged towards them, desperately reaching out a hand and landing prone on the concrete, a string of expletives flowing freely in her mind as she felt the bruising effect of the impact with floor on her sternum. She managed to intercept the falling pair as they landed, right next to the unconscious magma user. She felt Katsuki's surprise and the tingling, stinging sensation in her palms that she knew meant he was about to set off a chain reaction. The room was chaos as all four of them collided in a desperate race to get the jump on the others. Achako and the teleporter made a direct eye contact as she slapped her finger pads on the teleporter's thigh right as Kana grasped Magman's foot with the hand not holding onto Kaneyami. They all activated their quirks at the same time, Kana screaming as if at the end of her quirk's limits. Achako watched from her spot sprawled on the ground as the teleporter started floating for a brief moment. Katsuki's explosion setting off squarely in her face before she disappeared with both the other villains in her grasp. Strangely, Katsuki's explosion seemed to implode upon itself, fire and smoke being sucked into the nothingness with the villains. God damn it! Machako screamed in frustration, banging a fist onto the ground. Katsuki, seemingly on the same page, had several small, barely controlled explosions going off in his hands. She felt a tug on her stomach as her quirk remained active on the three villains, suddenly some unknown distance away from Machako. 
Kotsky hunched over and gagged slightly at the sensation as it rushed across the bond invading his mind. Release, Achako puffed out, feeling both of their instant relief as her quirks ceased to be strained by what felt like a very large distance. Achako guessed they had teleported well over 20 miles away, based on her previous limit testing. Fuck, how did... I just... How did they fucking get away? He fumbled out through grit teeth. Chaco sat up, running a hand down her face in defeat. She took a deep inhale, attempting to sort through their shared emotions, which, given their mutual fury and disappointment, was easier said than done. She leaned into the bond, tasting each emotional wave and working to soothe each as they washed across them both. Kotsky's mind shrugged her off, irritated at her actions. Stop that. I want to be fucking mad right now. Kotsky growled out, glaring at Achako from where he was standing. Achako flinched as his anger sent licks of fiery pain across her mind. Why would you want to be mad right now? It doesn't help anything. Achako grumbled under her breath, rising to her feet, glancing around at the collateral damage caused by the fight. The cell was in shambles. Part of the table melted off under a rapidly cooling hunk of lava, glass strewn everywhere from the broken mirror not to mention the huge fucking hole blasted into the wall. How the hell had they managed to mess this up so badly? It fucking helps me focus on what I did wrong. Kotsky thought at her viciously. Okay, clearly he heard her mumbled words. He wasn't wrong, though. One quick press against his mind led Achako to discover that his brain was in overdrive, analyzing every second of the fight and what went wrong, hyper-criticizing his own actions. It was as though the anger was singeing the events into his memory, for future use. Chaco felt her own mouth open in shock. Have you always done this? She questioned feebly, shook by her revelation that Bakugo had somehow harnessed his anger to be used to make himself better. Why she was surprised by this was a mystery. At this point she should expect such strangely ingenious behavior. Kotsky's gaze snapped to her and she felt the distinct feeling of him pressing against her mind, attempting to get a read on her intentions. She felt goosebumps rise on her arms at the sensation, embarrassed to find it was not an unpleasant kind of chill. He seemed satisfied with what he found because he gave her a nod and a stiff shrug before promptly turning and stomping out of the destroyed room. Chaco followed, stepping through the hole the number two hero had blasted into two-foot-thick concrete contemplating how she could learn from Katki's efficient use of his flaws. It was like he had hijacked his own brain's negativity to make himself better, something that had never occurred to her before. She was running through all of the times when he'd failed in the past, suddenly privy to the purpose of his post-loss pouting. He seemed content to let her reevaluate her interpretation of his moody past behavior. As she and Katsuki reconvened with the cops outside, who hadn't actually been much help in the end, Achako's mind whirred through all of the new information they had received about the villains. There was so much they needed to untangle. For starters, who were the man and woman in the masks? Could they be the two leaders Hito had been talking about? The ones from the old file she and Katsuki had found? What exactly did they hope to accomplish by killing the promising heroes of tomorrow? Why? And most importantly, where were they going to strike next? And how could they stop it? The paperwork after the disastrous prison escape was a bloody nightmare, not made any better by the fact that Kotsky was in a sourer mood than a bottle of vinegar. They were both still at the police station, sitting at Chief Natsuo's desk, writing out narratives of the events an hour later, Chief Natsuo watching over them warily from across the desk. 
I just don't see how our fucking link is at all relevant to the events. Katsuki argued, pointing a finger aggressively at the police chief. Well, uh, ground zero, the chief started to say, glancing nervously between the tip of Katsuki's finger and his steadily glowing palm. He clearly understood what a threat from Katsuki looked like. It's literally the only reason you knew what was going on, Katsuki, Achako interrupted, reaching out and slapping Katsuki's hand out of the chief's face. If I hadn't told you through the bond, no one would have known there was a prison break at all. Of course it's relevant. Katsuki shifted his gaze over to her and narrowed his eyes. Ajako could feel his mind digging his heels in. He did not want to put the link into the report, though what he wasn't saying was his actual reason why. She could tell that there was something about this he wasn't saying, and it was frustrating that he was attempting to get the chief to change his mind without actually saying what it was. It's not anyone's business what we say to each other in our fucking minds. Katsuki retorted, throwing his hands into the air. Fuck! Is nothing private anymore? Jocko sighed. There it was. The real reason he didn't want to put it in the report. Jocko could see the logic now. He didn't want their mental communication going into the public record. Police reports, unless redacted or kept classified, were public record. Anything in them could be read by anyone with a state-issued ID and a free afternoon to comb through the file. She could understand why he wanted to keep the details out of the report, having the general public cluing into the intimate details of her thoughts crossed lines for her too, but it didn't change the fact that they had to report the incident accurately. Their bond had changed the outcome of the fight and therefore needed to be included in the reports. Kotsky, the public is going to have to know at some point. I'm surprised they haven't made us go register this quirk at the registry off officially yet. You know heroes have to have their quirk's data publicly available. Jocko switched to thought, deciding that it would be easier to communicate without the chief butting in and saying all the wrong things. Sometimes dealing with Katsuki was like defusing a bomb. Only those with skilled ex expertise were qualified to do so. Oi, I object to that. I'm not a fucking bomb, other than the obvious. Y you know what? Fuck you and your damn simile. Katsuki leaned back in his chair indignantly, crossing his arms and baring his teeth to her. His foot tapped agitatedly on the floor, and Achako had to repress her own leg's desire to do so, too, as his irritation flowed to her across the bond. Uh, I can just... Uh, leave. Chief Natsu stood up waveringly, gesturing over his shoulder towards where cleanup crews were processing the chaotic scene of the prison break. Katsuki's glare shifted over to the plump chief, who skittered away quickly. Metaphor or not? It's a symbol. Achako gave him a deadpan look not amused by his semantics. He just rolled his eyes, turning his head to glare at some poor police officer working at a desk a few feet behind the chiefs. Achako took a deep breath, working on separating out their emotions, soothing her own and letting him fester on his own, per his earlier request. Simile or not, Achako continued her thought, we are going to have to come clean eventually. At this point, there is no benefit to keeping it a lockdown secret. The villains already know we're fully functional. Katsuki sighed, and Achako felt him start to calm himself down as he thought it through. He turned to look at her again, his face relaxing into a contemplative expression. I'm fine mentioning the bond, but I don't want to put any specifics in. My thoughts are my own, and I don't want the general public privity of what we do with it. It's fucking private. That's very reasonable, and I completely agree. The bond is exceedingly intimate. It's not something I want to share with the public. Achako felt a flush of embarrassment as she spoke her mind about the nature of the bond. Intimate didn't even cover the extent of in her feelings Achako was about the whole situation. 
not to mention her recent revelation of her attraction and him possibly returning her feelings. She had no idea if what she was picking up from his side of the bond was truly romantic interest. She didn't want to assume, but she couldn't help hoping that it was. Even now, he was certainly attuned to her word choice, if the flush of confusion and flustered thoughts was anything to go by, which could be indication of his interest or just him feeling awkward that she'd been so forward and clingy. Ugh, what a mess. If only they had a spare moment to talk about it, they could... Well, I suppose this means my guess about who let the ball drop was right. Izelva's bored drawl sounded behind them, and they both whipped around to see their former professor looking at them with an eyebrow raised questioningly. Oh, crap. Izawa was here, despite being retired. This was a bigger deal than Achako had initially thought. Achako blanched and slouched into her seat, ashamed that she wasn't able to keep the villains under custody. Her former teacher still had the ability to make her feel as though she'd failed a big test so many years after graduating. I'm so sorry, Izawa-san, Achako squeaked out, feeling the weight of the retired hero's disappointment press her shoulders down. Fuck that. Bakugo's indignation lit up their minds, causing Achako's spine to snap straight and him to jump out of his chair, pointing a finger in Aizawa's face. We did fucking everything we could to try and keep them there. Don't put this on her. On her? Aizawa questioned challengingly, picking up on Bakugo's pronoun usage. Achako tried not to read into it too much, instead focusing on the tense standoff before her. Katsuki just stood his ground, glaring at Aizawa. Achako looked back and forth between the two, waiting to see who would fold first. Aizawa sighed in defeat, raising his hands in a mitigating gesture, to which Katsuki lowered his finger and crossed his arms once again, though he remained standing. Achako rolled her eyes at his over-the-top behavior. Katsuki was such a drama king. Oi, what's with the insults today, cheeks? Whatever, Aizawa stated, looking towards their unfinished paperwork. When you finish up that mess, come up to the second floor conference room. What's happening in the conference room? Ajako questioned, tilting her head curiously, ignoring Katsuki's indignation at her unconscious comment. We decided at high time we put together a full-time task force for this villain group, Aizawa replied, a glint in his eye. Ajako felt a blossoming hope in her chest. This was exactly what this investigation a dedicated team of heroes and police working together to capture these villains to make them see justice. About fucking time. Katsuki growled, grinning broadly, and Achako had to agree. About fucking time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.